DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Tim Lacombe, Utah Jazz Radio studio analyst, a former Utah and BYU staffer. Tim, good morning. Let me reintroduce myself. My name is Tim. <laughs> and this is Michelle. This is Michelle. She, she is just teaching us all how to simply breathe. She got a shout-out from George Nang in the post-game, as you well know, since you do the post-game show. So the question is, what music does it for you? Or if it's not music, although I think it probably is with you, but is there something else? Is there something else just like all the stress, all the anxiety, this happens, and it's all that stress and anxiety is off your shoulders? Yeah, there isn't one one remedy music-wise for me because I am so all over the place. It really does depend on mood and that sort of thing, but uh, I would say that uh, my favorite genre for peace, quiet, you know, when I'm out reflecting in nature uh, is probably some Tom Petty and just hit the greatest and just let it roll for about, you know, 40 songs and that'll get you through most anything. Typically, this is where you talk, PK. Oh, you want me to respond to Tom Petty? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I was wondering if you were still there, solo today, or <laughs> no? I'm here. I didn't. I thought he you guys were having a conversation. You know what's interesting about wonder- Tom Petty is he learned how to play guitar from Don Felder of the Eagles fame. Don Felder taught, took, gave lessons to Tom Petty on how to play the guitar. They're both from the Gainesville area in Florida. Hmm. And See, he uh, needed to pause real quick to, for his uh, browser to refresh. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> I read Don Felder's bio. Yeah, if it's if it's if it's got some tie into the Eagles, he's good to go. I saw <laughs> yeah. Felder the a uh, couple years ago open for open for somebody that actually opened for somebody that opened for somebody. He was third t- on the ticket, but he was really good. Felder, I saw him right across the street from the arena. What's that? The depot. Right there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I saw still him. rip that Hotel California solo. Oh, yeah. We were right on the floor. It's a very small place there. I saw him there. I've seen, I've seen a number of acts there. I saw my favorite group, Old Dominion, several years ago there. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Actually, I rediscovered or discovered Old Dominion. I, I got drugged to a Chesney concert. Kind of made it through that Yanni act, but... Man, Old watch Dominion your, came out and blew it away. Watch your mouth on Chester. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so George Yang's talking about breathe and all the stress and all the anxiety. And I think everybody's seen the video now of Quinn Snyder really upset in the huddle at the end of the third quarter in Detroit. Uh should there be a lot of stress around this team? What would you tell them about that? You have coached, but you've also got the perspective now of stepping away from the day-to-day grind. How could you enlighten them if you had just a few, a few minutes to talk to them and could give them some advice? What would you say? Well, you know, right now, they're, they're going through something I never had to deal with, and that's playing a season with a pandemic. I, I can't imagine the level of stress that adds, you know, the I think they've talked about it a few times, you know, in, in media sessions, but early, early tests, you know, getting up in the morning to get the tests and, um, and then really just kind of your whole life on pause, reading some of those protocol restrictions, you know, they, 
would really like it if players didn't leave their house. <laughs> they didn't have to. Um, you know, they're under way more scrutiny with this pandemic thing. But, um, you know, in all honesty, in all honesty, it's amazing what uh, a trip through that, and then, you know, the experience of having lived it, and then kind of being able to be out for a while um, and just see all the things you do different. Um, and while you're in the middle of it, it's like it's the most important thing and everybody's talking about it. And it really it's about a segment, you know, a small segment of people that really that really care that much. Um, but uh, it, I love those those times where guys just kind of open up and talk about you know, how they're feeling. And with this jazz team, there, there isn't uh, a shortage of that. I think most of these guys will say how they feel. So last week was one of the more interesting weeks that they probably are going to have all season. You know, they lose two di- tough games there in New York and then we're all down on them. So what do they do? They go to Milwaukee and win. And uh, obviously they didn't win a couple of games after that. And my thought for you is now they showed us, and so how much does the coaching staff use that as a reference point or ammunition, whatever you want to say? It's like, guys, you showed us what you could do when the chips were down. You rallied against Milwaukee and then won two in a row, three in a row overall. So we know what you can do. So how do they use that as a tool in helping this team going forward? I think experience is always the great teacher. And, you know, I think once, you know, early in a season, the coaches can try to prepare you for all the situations that you're going to encounter during the year. But it's when you actually go through them as a team. And like anything, when you've actually experienced something, then, like you said, there's a reference point, there's a memory created, um, you know, way early in the season. But I agree with you, PK, that, you know, most people, after the loss to the Nets, the shorthanded Nets, you know, in their, without KD, um, and then, you know, to go the next night and get beat by the Knicks, you know, with kind of their, uh, I guess it's been almost laughable the last couple of years, the Knicks, and, you know, they're in the middle of a major reconstruct. Um, it, it was a time where, you know, I think the players and fans and everything, even though the league itself has really kind of beaten up each other, if you look at the standings, um, I think there is a, there's some strength to be taken for sure from this last week. Uh, I think it shows really the the high points of, of how this team can play and how well they can operate when they play well and play together. And then what it looks like when you go out and try to do things on your own. Um, I don't see Quinn as a big – I mean, I think Quinn definitely has these guys here. And, and, you know, each guy to a man speaks about their respect level for Quinn. Um, so I don't know that he has to do too much. We talk about the end of the third when he slammed the clipboard down. You figure um, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like that, you know. So, anyway, I think he's uh, – I think Quinn's a, a guy who is – I think he's got these guys always, and he just looks for these opportunities during the season, you know, for teaching moments when they actually can go through and experience them. 
Now that you've seen a few games, you know, we can analyze some of their strengths. We've done that. They've got a dominant guy protecting the rim. They've got a slew of quality three-point shooters. That is a long list of there. they got multiple ball handlers. So I think, you know, what don't they have? What are a couple things to watch for? Um, you know, Joe Ingles, that, that seems a little worrisome. We'll see if it quiets down. He's able to play a lot of minutes. I don't know, you know, how much that was serious against Cleveland and how much it was just, hey, we really don't need him tonight. We're going to win this one. Let's just let's just take it easy on this guy and and see if we can get him a little healthier. And then maybe the ability to defend a really athletic, elusive, veteran, cagey, elite scorer on the perimeter. Uh, but but it's the NBA. Who really defends those guys that well anyway? Uh, but maybe they'd be better off if they had you know, an elite six six defender who could move as well as a six foot point guard. I, I don't know. What what do you see when you're looking for uh areas this team can be challenged? So I think what what's really important that came out of this last week is um you know the Jazz found a couple other ways to win games. Um you know Quinn talked a lot about uh after the um uh who'd we play on they all run together. Um, before Cleveland, we beat Detroit. Detroit. It was Detroit. So obviously, Quinn really praised the defense after the Detroit game um, on Sunday, and you know he talked about specifically, you know, really important in the NBA to find different ways to win games. Um, I think we have seen that this team can, you know, replicate the the good pace force move the ball and make a lot of threes and really kind of run away and hide from teams. And I think that is an awesome weapon to have. You know, it's something like you said, DJ, they've got a slew of shooters. So if they can get it going, man, they can really kind of get it going and run away and hide. What's encouraging after Sunday, and again, even with the watered-down lineup with Cleveland, is their attention and effort and focus defensively has been really good. And, And I've seen it by, you know, for each guy, I think Mike's trying harder and Donovan, um, you know, Royce is always out there battling against the, the number one option. Um, you know, Bojan is, is Bojan, but I think he's alert enough and, and got a high enough IQ. Um, and then Rudy's obviously the defensive uh, foundation for this team. Um, but as guys come in, I just see a better effort and understanding and the Jazz, you know, is presently constituted. I don't think they're ever going to just lock a guy down. And um, and like you said, Deej, this is a, the NBA. So, you know, points go fast and furious. And it's not like you're ever going to shut anybody totally down. But I think they're getting better team defensively, which bodes well for the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, you don't stop anyone one-on-one. It, it certainly helps. But you've got to have everybody on the same page. And... Uh, from my vantage point watching this team, I see better engagement, better effort, um, guys in stances, guys communicating, and that can only mean better team defense in the long run. But just a little uh, hint, he hates to be called Deej, so don't call him that. Deej, what a... Uh... Thanks, BK. Oh. <laughs> oh, they got really high, I got high-load right there. 
<laughs> well, I'm trying to help you. You don't like being called I Deej. I, I don't think you were. You, you That's not true. <laughs> you told me you don't like being called Deej. Well, that part is true. You telling Tim just encourages him to well, call Well, it was more. just kind of one of those things like DJ, excuse me, PK just ran up in the schoolyard behind DJ and knelt down. Yep, that's so it. I, I got high load. Over. Yes. No, not at all. Uh, you got, I don't know about what you got, but I have nothing but your best interests at heart. <laughs> so you got hearted. By <laughs> which, is what, what, which is what's made you guys a great duo for so many. I got, I got hearted. Expressions <laughs> that have never been used before. I got hearted. <laughs> Said no one ever. Well, I think we now need to make a have. t-shirt for your show that says I Heart Deej. Oh, he doesn't like that name. What can I tell you? I really don't. I mean, so I'm just giving you a little insight. Maybe I should have taken you off to the side behind closed doors, not out in the press. Initials DJ, are initials are DJ. not a word. Please don't add vowels. Thank you. <laughs> DJ, DJ, do you really hate Deej? I don't like it. I wouldn't say I hate it, but okay, I, I, I don't ever, like it. I will never call you it again. Thank See? you. See? Thank you, There Tim. you go. Thank you, Tim. Again, best interest <laughs> at heart. I've taken care of a problem. Before it festered, I cut it off. Now That's back a, now back to the jazz. I'm a cutter-offer <laughs> of problems. It's what I do. And, and I heart that. All right, good. Now, hey, I actually back. have a mole that's bugging me behind my ear. Oh. So I'm going to come see you after the show. <laughs> you cut problems out. Okay, go ahead. Sure. So we've hold, seen... Hold uh, on, I have to throw up. I'll be right back. <laughs> we've seen the Jazz play a number of quality teams, and we also follow the league. Now, specifically in the West, I, I really don't see any reason why they can't finish minimum third, possibly second. And maybe I'm caught up because they've won three in a row, and if they had lost three in a row, I'd think, oh, my gosh, is this team even going to make the playoffs? But I'm going to put the Lakers on another tier. And I'm to a, to a degree, I'll put the Clippers up there. I'll, I'll give – people want to make the argument for the Clippers. I'll, I'll allow that to be made. But other than that, from what I see out there, i got to figure this team has a real legitimate shot at third, if not second. Well, I mean, that's where I see them. Um, I, I really do. And from the beginning, uh, the Lakers are in a different category. But the one advantage the Jazz have over the Clippers is they don't, you know, use the kind of the, they don't manage their players that same that same way uh, all the time. It's not something they that load management stuff has not made its way to Salt Lake a ton. So. I think, you know, the, the roster as presently constituted and as guys are healthy, will play. And um, I still believe, you know, really one, two, three, or excuse me, two, three, and I would even say four. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of, of parity teams beating each other. As you can see right now, I mean, I think the Lakers have lost three. The Celtics have lost three. And then there's a slew of teams behind the last four. Um, in both the East and the West. So it's going to be kind of fun because right now we're, if it's like a horse race, we're, we're past the 1 8 pole. Um, you know, we finished 10 games and uh, we're, we're, we're fixing to go on our second 10 here. And it's just going to be interesting 10 games at a time to see how this thing kind of jockeys around. And, um, but I'm with you, PK. I believe this team is totally 100% capable. Um, with the additions they've made and the way the guys are playing to finish uh, as high as second in the West. I, I, I totally buy that. 
When you were coaching at BYU, were there a lot of horse racing analogies? Did the word furlong get used a lot? Well, you know. No. Just <laughs> a furlong. I was trying to figure out how to use it again. Okay. I, I listen to so many, you know, because I'm doing this now, I read all these pod, or all these uh, blogs and read all, listen to all these podcasts. And I, I liked that. Somebody used the one-eighth the other day, and I thought, that's pretty cool. Kind of puts it in perspective. You're just rounding that first bend. All right. Speaking okay. your language, PK. Speaking your language. Yeah, yeah. That's a, well, depending on how long the race is, if it's a six furlong, you know, that's a short. So I think five and a half is the shortest they would go. But if it's a mile or two, well, then we've we got a good long way to go uh, as far as that goes. Hitch up for college basketball a little bit. Uh, man, how's BYU? Do they just look at it and say, wow, Gonzaga's just that good? Uh, not going to worry about those guys? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a yearly thing. Um, you know, BYU has had a, a great amount of success in comparison to the rest of the WCC against Gonzaga. Um, but the way that thing stacked up, you know, BYU being not having a game for 16 days and then figuring out how to play. Now, look, I'm not saying that's why they lost, um, but that, you know, in my mind, that, that played into it. And I think BYU kind of got more comfortable as the game went on, but um, just had just a horrific start uh, to the game. And, you know, I said it last week multiple times, but the feeling I got a lot, and it's not something I'd vocalize while I was there, but, you know, our our goal every year is to win a conference title, and you could not find those guys. <laughs> it's like chasing a ghost. Um, you know, in the, in the Mountain West Conference, we we had great rivalries, and, you know, each year you'd split, and uh, but then that team would go on and really struggle, whether it be San Diego State, you know, they'd, have, they'd struggle at New Mexico or Wyoming or this Gonzaga team just does not struggle. And when it comes to league, they just run through it for the most part year after year after year. And they may lose one here or one there. Um, but beating them and winning a conference title was always so difficult. And, um, you know, nothing's changed. That's kind of how as good as BYU is, as good as their season's been, whatever, you know, that's the that's the thing that will always kind of be there that you, you know, in your back of your mind that, the Zags are out there. You've got to beat them, and you got to have some other people beat them. And you know, in order to do that, you got to find them. And that's what we always felt like, man. We're chasing a ghost here. So, uh, Tim, both you and PK know I have not had much hope for the Utah basketball program for a couple of years now. So naturally, I don't have much hope now that they've lost twelve in a row on the road and four in a row, or twelve in a row on the road in conference play, four in a row overall in conference play, and they have blown ten point halftime leads in back to back home games, and they've blown them quickly. I don't have a silver lining. I don't have much to encourage you fans with. I think this is largely how it's going to go. However, people listening to this who want to have hope are thinking, well, Deej, you, uh, you've been wrong on some other predictions, so maybe you're wrong on this one, Cowboy. So if I am wrong on this one, why is it? Why would there be hope? Will you ask that as a Cowboy? Just <laughs> say, why would there be hope as a Cowboy, and then I'll answer. Why would there be hope as a Cowboy? No, no, no. Say it like a cowboy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to talk like a cowboy. Like you've got weed, like you've got weed in your side of your mouth. Yeah. 
eyes open when we get to this. <laughs> he just repeats it. <laughs> Please make this. I didn't know I was supposed to be role playing there. This has to be one of those freaking drops, doesn't it? <sighs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He okay. retains I, I his title make... as the king of unintentional comedy. Thank you. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't make you say it as a cowboy. What I was looking for is kind of like the way Reed that uh, Lloyd reads that. Come on down and have a nice. You know what I'm talking about that. So, so why? Why would there be some hope? Yeah. Why would there be some hope? Because I'll tell you what. Hope. Hope drives everything. And I agree with you. This team. This Utah team has really struggled to score in, in spurts. Um, and that's why these games, they, they play well, they get out in the lead, and then they really do struggle to score. And it's hard when you are when you don't have, you know, Plummer is a guy who can go out there and get some buckets, but again, he's kind of streaky too. Um, and Timmy Allen is a guy who can get to the rim, but isn't really shoot it great, so... I think what happens is they get out and play well, and the teams kind of adjust. And the Utes really have a, a, a hard time, um, you know, putting enough points on the board. I think that's part of their issue right now. They're playing hard, but they just struggle to score. But never lose hope, DJ. I was about to use that other name that I'm never going to call you again. <laughs> never lose hope. There's always there's always time for hope. Give us an update on Dave Rose. Uh, really good stuff, and if all goes according to plan, um, you know, he's every single day. In fact, I got a, t- a text yesterday. It's his best day that he's had. Um, still working through a lot of rehab, both in speech and um, in, in recollection and things like that, but doing awesome. Uh, I've had four or five conversations. My phone will ring throughout the day, and he'll just want to, ch- to, to chat. Um, and my hope is, from what I've understood, that uh, he'll be headed home fairly soon and, and just start, continue to do some therapy at home and kind of transition to to that. So way better news than a week ago. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, I, I'm a big believer when we all throw our heart and soul into something and um, and offer support, it's amazing what can happen. Well, we appreciate the update. That's better the news than I think we expected to hear, uh, you know, a week ago or uh, ten days ago. So that is that is good to hear, Tim. Yep, for sure. And uh, I just want to thank everybody too for jumping in and helping with that because you know, there were a lot of people that offered support, you know, in so many different ways. And anyway, it's it's good, and I'm, I can't wait to spend more time with the, the big dog. Well, Tim, we appreciate spending a little bit of time with you, and when you talk to him, tell him that we both say hello. Will you say that as a cowboy? Nope. (laughs) Okay. Nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. When you speak to him, tell him that we both said hello. (laughs) I will tell him that DJ said hello, and PK was a fly in the ointment. (laughs) As always. Oh, good. Well, that'll make it. That'll make it. Tell him I said howdy, partner. We's rooting for him, fixing to get better. Down in these parts, we've really been hoping you're doing good, coach. I wasn't a cowboy. That was more like a southern. I I I felt a little Louisiana or Mississippi there. I felt like you were. well, I didn't say what kind of region the cowboy had to be from. Okay, I don't know. I always, I always put the cowboy in Texas, so I don't, I don't know. Jake, will you please 
pull that. I, I have to hear him say this like a cowboy. <laughs> that was so awesome. It's going to be archived and saved. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. Thanks for nothing, Tim. Hey, You're the man. Love you, love you boys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> That's how we should end it with all guests. All right. Get out. <laughs> Oh, brother. All right, everything you missed in this show coming up next. We'll get you up to speed. Stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. You know, as the NBA talks about how to proceed with this season, I don't know how hard this would be to pull off, but how about extend the roster to 20? They're trying to figure out what to do with the G League anyway. Let them be alternates ready to roll. You'd have to set aside some salary cap rules, set other parameters like these aren't vet minimum guys. Figure out what to do. You already bumped the roster to 15. Bump it out to 25. What difference does it make? Just make sure these guys have enough bodies they can pull it off. Is putting on a game with those kinds of players really better than not playing the game at all? I hear what you're getting at. I think the game being played is more important. How often would you get down to player 18, 19, 20? I would guess it wouldn't be all that often. I certainly hope not. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Well done, Yach. DJ, PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK breaking news, Mark Stein just tweeting out, the league has its seventh coronavirus-related postponement. Atlanta at Phoenix is a no-go tonight. Jazz and Suns both 7-4. and four. Tied for second in the West with the Clippers. So, no Suns game tonight. Well, Phoenix was at Washington on Monday, and so I'm wondering if there was a connection there with Washington and then the trickle-down effect. I don't know that, but... Uh, that's a pretty good guess, though. Uh Ongoing contact tracing within the Suns. So, I mean, it could be that. It could be something else. But the contact tracing, that would get your attention. Yeah, I but, think it's, it's, an, it's an issue here. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to continue to be an issue. But I think the league understood that. And they're trying to put down uh, more stringent rules. I don't know to what degree they're going to be followed. I mean, George Hill came out and... I'm a grown man. You can't tell me what to do, basically. I'm paraphrasing, uh, but that's uh, essentially what he was saying. So, I mean, he's made millions, and he's saying, well, why should we Should we even be playing? Yeah, I think it's easy to say that when you don't have a financial loss. I mean, I guess he, can, he would be taking a financial loss, but he's probably got enough cash to withstand that. Yeah. And that's, if George doesn't yeah. want to play, don't play. That's where the NFL did it right and probably doesn't get enough credit. And, of course, giving the NFL credit, that's no fun. It's more fun to beat on the NFL. Uh, but the fact that at the start of the season they said you can opt out. If you, uh, if you don't have a health condition, you opt out. You get X. I think it was two hundred grand or one hundred fifty grand, something like that. Even, even though you're not playing, you, you, know, you opt out. You still, you know, one hundred fifty, two hundred grand. you ought to be able to make it through the year. And if you do have a health condition, you're at risk. I think they got 350. And so all the guys who didn't want to play, they got to opt out. And, and the Patriots lost a bunch of guys. And Bill Belichick, just at least publicly, just rolled with it. I don't know what he said privately. But publicly, he just rolled with it. And so give these guys who don't want to play a chance to opt out. I mean, if they want to play and they got their reasons, all right. It worked for the NFL. I thought it worked pretty flawlessly for them. They got their season in with the people who wanted to play, and, and most players did. Yeah, their season's still ongoing, uh, so yeah. they still got a. They got their regular season in. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, that's what I think they should do. I mean, I'm not a doctor by any stretch, so I have no 
Uh, certainly no medical qualification to be speaking on any of this, but I would just like to see it continue knowing that, hey, there's going to be some cancellations, postponements, delays, what have you. Well, that's where the NBA needs some credit. Putting out half of a schedule is a very weird deal. But they said when they did it, we know we're going to have postponements, and this way we'll have a chance to uh, try to reschedule those games back in where they make sense. You know, and if you if they'd done the whole schedule, like the Jazz, when are they going to be back east to fit in a Washington uh, game? You know, and and now when they Who drop cares? the second half of the schedule, they can fit it in. Well, I don't well, think you want the don't. team zigging and zagging all over the country. I I think they're going to make up most of these games because we know from last year you've got this threshold of about seventy games that you got to play to get all the money out of the regional sports networks, and they want the TV money because we know they're not getting the the luxury suite money and the season ticket money and the concessions and the merchandising and all the all the game night stuff. Well, the Jazz do have some luxury suites that have been advertising during their games. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm saying that if if they don't, if the Jazz don't make up this game in D.C., is it mean the season is just a waste and a joke? No, no, and I, and you know there may be some. Guess what, uh, Washington, you're going to have to play twice in Utah this year. That may be the way they reschedule it. And if that's it. the case too, is that that big of a deal? Not in given given the times we're in. That's one of the things where you just have to adapt and roll with it. And, you know, you may end up getting to host Washington twice and I haven't played there, but they may have to go somewhere else and play an extra game against somebody and lose a home game. The home court isn't what it was, and I think that's clear from the results we've seen so far this season. Well, we know in college football that's going to be the case. For instance, if BYU and Utah play, then it will be two in a row in Provo. Right. Yep. So, so unusual times, so you just have to adapt and roll with it. Right, and is that that big of a deal? And all these conference games, for instance, the Sun Devils, they're going to have to come to Rice-Eccles two times in a row mm-hmm. because this last season, I believe, was supposed to be down in Tempe, if I remember correctly. All right, well, so be it. Is yeah. that, I, don't, I don't see where you can complain about that. On a scale of problem list, that's pretty low, I yeah. would think. Yeah. All right, all the stuff we talked about. Uh, we did not talk a lot about the Jazz beating the Cavs. The Cavs didn't really have an NBA lineup out there. The Jazz are, the, I think, the better team anyway, but then they become a much, much better team than the Cavs when Cleveland's running out that kind of mishmash lineup they had. And so the Jazz do what they're supposed to do. They win by 30, and they get some playing time at the end of the game for uh, all the guys who are down the bench. Yeah. Check. Get it. Check. Move on. There's not much Five, more to say. Five, six minutes. Yeah. I want. I would like to see Elijah Hughes get some more time. Now I don't know if it's going to come at the expense of anybody who's currently playing, but I'm intrigued by this dude. Inevitably, you will see it. Under what circumstances and at what point, I can't tell you, but I think you will see it. Well, I, too, I want the G League, and if they got to get that bubble down in Orlando, get going on that because these young fellows they need to be playing ball. Yeah. Uh, Jazz are supposed to be in Washington, D.C. playing the Wizards tonight. The game's been postponed. The Wizards below the threshold of having eight available players. So now we just wait for the Jazz and the Hawks on Friday. Home game for the Jazz Friday and then at Denver on Sunday. We've spent a lot of time talking about are the Jazz rolling now with this three-game win streak? Are they beating up on bad teams? And a lot of people point out, well, these are the first two wins of the year against bad teams. All the other wins have been against teams that are either decent or pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, true. 
so what what does I don't know what that means, but that's, it's statement of fact. I don't know that it really has deep meaning because when I look at this team, it's about this team. It's not necessarily about the opponent. There's no outside of the Lakers. I'm not sure that I say, wow, there's no way the Jazz could beat this fill-in-the-blank team if they played him in the postseason. Now, in the Eastern Conference, obviously, it would be in the final. In the Western Conference, it could be any of the first couple of rounds or either of the first couple of rounds. You know, the Lakers, until I see otherwise, they're the Kings. But everybody else, it's about the Jazz. The point I'm making is if the Jazz play to their level, the guys doing what we know they're absolutely capable of because they're all veterans here. Every single one of them is a veteran. Even the young pup is a veteran in Mitchell. If they play the way they're capable of, I believe they're capable of beating any of those other teams. Now, I put the Lakers off to the side, but Literally every other team in the league, I think they're capable of beating in four four games. Now, you could argue in some of those situations they're capable of losing four games, too. I understand that. Well, that's part of, I think, that they are now good enough that if they play a good game, they win most of those games you're talking about. Uh, before, maybe they had to play a great game. Uh, one game in jazz history that always stands out at me, the Spurs come in, and this, this is championship Spurs. This is Duncan still in his prime, and Ginobili and Parker, and, and they're loaded, right? And the Jazz, they didn't play a good game. They played a great game. And O'Kerr t- tips a shot in to win the game, and he turns around and runs down court with one finger in the air, like, you know, a college kid, like, we're number one, like Alabama. They're like, no, you're not. You played a great game. You couldn't possibly beat the Spurs four out of seven. But in the moment, who cares? It was Well, fun. you don't the put out two going, fingers. The crowd is going, we're number two. The crowd is going nuts in the moment. It was fun. It was nowhere close to true. But they had to play a great game, and that's your point. Now, the Jazz can beat these other elite teams in the league, and they don't have to play a great game. Got to play a good one. But they're now good enough that, you know, they go out and play well. They'll be in good shape against, I don't know, Clippers, Mavericks, Blazers, Suns, Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, whoever you want to throw out there. Except the Lakers. They might have to play a great game to beat the Lakers. Uh, that's set, what I said. I put them, them off them, to right. the side. Set them aside. That, maybe. Well, let, let's, let's see them match up before we worry about that. But everybody else, I don't think they have to play a great game to win in Denver Sunday. Go and play a good game. You're good enough now. That, that could get it done. I saw on O'Kerr's Instagram, I think it was yesterday he posted, it was the whatever anniversary, maybe 10 years of his career high, 43 points. Oh, really? Speaking of Mr. O'Kerr, great dude, got a very good heart. I actually have I have his jersey. Really? It's it's hanging in my closet. I must have bought it or I don't know how I got it. Uh but it is the uh blue jersey that they used to wear and it's number 13 of Ocur. Oh, you got to get that thing framed. Put that over your shoulder now <laughs> that you got a TV studio in your house. <laughs> uh anything else there there wasn't a lot in sports to talk about. The Nuggets lost to the Nets. No Kyrie Irving. Durant went off, had a huge game. Uh the Joker had a huge game, but the Nets got the better of them, 122-116. So the Jazz aren't the only team losing to the Nets. I have on the TV right now uh, one of the ESPN stations. And my, my one of my heroes, Stephen Aristotle Smith, I don't know what the A stands for, he's saying Kyrie Irving should retire. Well, that's what he gets paid for, the uh, the big take, the hot take. 
I think the, if I were the Nets, I would welcome that. If you could retire and get out from under that contract and go use that money to go get another star alongside Kevin Durant. Man, you're in New York and you get to play with Durant? It sounds like a good deal. I sort of like what's happening to the Nets, though. You don't want New York teams to be able to buy, even though the Nets are the Clippers of, the, of New York. Not necessarily, but it, it could be any team. You got in bed with Kyrie Irving. And that's oh, your so fault. There, there should be consequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it has nothing to do with New York. Okay. No, I mean, I but grew you, up you roll, minutes from you where rolled, they play. You rolled the dice on some guy who has yeah. not just been involved in drama, but created drama at multiple stops along the way. Yeah, it seems like he can't go more than two or three weeks. You know, what was over the summer? Oh, I finally got a guy that I could depend on in the final minutes. Stop You friggin' played with LeBron. Yeah, stop it. Come on. And LeBron doesn't have the greatest, purest Stephen Curry stroke from the outside, but it's not like he's an awful shooter. And he's LeBron, so who? there's not a coach or general manager on the planet in any sport that wouldn't take LeBron, and you decide, oh, well, things are a little quiet now, we're not playing, so I'll just bring some drama, and I'll say that. What? Come on. It just seems like it's just so stupid. And so it's coming home to roost, or whatever that expression is, that they, they did that. And that's one of the things I greatly admire about the Jazz. You can't control the results on the floor and all that stuff. But stop with the drama and be about trying to win. That's half the battle, so you don't have all this nonsense. And I'm so glad we're covering a team in a market that isn't interested in nonsense, because that would suck to have to talk about that. Uh, Lakers blew out the Rockets. It was an easy win, and Harden afterwards, uh, he doesn't think it can be fixed in Houston. Loves the city. He made a point of that. He doesn't want the fans to turn it on him, but he is done with the Rockets, over the Rockets. Do we all want to start a pool on when the trade happens? It's got to happen. He's not finishing his career in Houston. Does it happen next week, next month, over the summer? How long is this going to drag out? Not that it bothers Jazz fans to see the Rockets next to last in the West. Well, they're down. They're not going anywhere. If I were Houston, I would consider just sending him home. Let the other guys play hard? Well, he doesn't want to be there. Nope. And it's going to start to mushroom. Now, everything. He said what he said. I don't necessarily really have a problem with him saying what he said because it's not like it was outrageous what he said. Yeah, he said what we already knew. Yeah. I I told you when it started blowing up, this is over. They're not putting this back together, and that's more clear now than ever. So what's the point of having him around? There isn't. The point is how do they get the best offer for him? How do they get the most back? And I think the longer it goes, the less they're going to get back. Uh, but if you're bound and determined to get 80 cents on the dollar right now when you only get 60, be careful because you may end up only getting 40. The worse it gets, the less la- leverage you have. All right. Azubuki and Harrison for Harden? <laughs> the rights to Yuck. Who do we get tweeted at the most about whatever player the Jazz drafted who never came over? <laughs> oh, uh, The rights to uh, that guy. Mitch? Okay, Yeah. Sure. He's still playing. He's got to be about 45 years old he's now. Ante, the rights to Ante <laughs> Tomic. They already traded the rights to Ante Tomic to the Knicks earlier this offseason. Dang so it. He's, <laughs> is there anybody else? Uh, there's probably one or two out yeah, there. Yeah, whoever. Let's find some it. draft right for some <laughs> European sure. big. Hey, we got a second-round pick at 28. It's all yours. <laughs> that, that's how it's going. I mean, who anybody who wants him, but, you know, he makes a lot of money and, you know, over 30 now and... 
You know, well, depending on what his attitude is, I think he can come in and help you. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. But it's got to be somebody who can win right now. I mean, you got to eliminate oh, half sure. the league because yeah, yeah. they're so far away. And then you start okay, eliminating other teams. That, that still yeah. leaves a whole lot of teams, though. It does. It does. Hey, Phoenix is in win now mode. What have they got? Oh, go home. He plays college ball See? there. Okay. ASU guy and and you've he, <laughs> he and Chris Paul together again. <laughs> uh, didn't they have issues? I think they did. That was why okay. I brought it up originally. Uh, Actually, I okay. wasn't I wasn't thinking about ASU. I was thinking about Phoenix's in win now mode, and I'd love the drama of Hey, do you remember Chris? Chris, do you remember James? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but maybe uh, okay. So get away from that. Like uh, a Portland, you know, how are you going to break through and go to the next level? Yeah, I don't know the Portland is. I know. Um, the Mavericks. I mean, you just run through the contenders. It's got to be a contender, right? San Antonio, you got a nice team, but you need a star. Is this how you get one for two or three years? Change up everything. San Antonio's off to a 6-5 and five start. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback is coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Old Bronzeman hearts and he's made trades. And we've seen how deep and dark that he will dredge. Because he stole a day so the paper's all alleged. And it all comes down to Laker privilege. And you'll see it many more times again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, PK. I've been struggling what to change my... Twitter handle too, and you just gave me the perfect name. Welcome to the world, Muffin Cooker. Yeah. <laughs> use the app, people. Grab your phone. Use the twelve eight of the zone app. Use the open mic feature. You got fifteen seconds to send us whatever you want. And I know when they designed that app, there is no chance they thought Doodle say Muffin Cooker and PK will laugh his head off. Uh, we were playing golf, and the guy that I got hooked up with, his wife, they lived on the course, and his wife had muffins for us as we went past the 14th hole, and she was an awesome muffin cooker. <laughs> uh, and then we, we coined the phrase Laker privilege yesterday. Laker privilege. That is so true, and that will catch on with 29 other NBA teams. Laker privilege. Well, it's there, obviously. Look at the numbers. Clearly, they get to they get to tamper with somebody and under contract and pry him out. And no reason to wait. We can have him now. We're the Lakers. We are privileged. Yeah, if you have to decide on your top five and you can't, well, do I put Wilt in there or do I put Shaq? <laughs> do I put Magic? Where do I put Kobe? And, you know, Abdul-Jabbar, I forgot about him. Put him in there. Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe, Magic, LeBron. You got six. You got to leave one out. Oh, you left and out I Jerry left out, West. And I left out Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. <laughs> Elgin and James Worthy's like, Hall of Famer. Jerry West and Elgin Baylor on other franchises would be players one and two. <laughs> but but there. I know. Uh, Laker privilege. At least privilege. at least West and Baylor, they didn't leverage out of other teams. Well, nobody leverages out of the Lakers. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, but it's like Will. They didn't draft Will. They didn't get there. Yeah, they didn't. They did draft Magic. So that that's okay. That's that's more traditional. They made a smart trade and they got a they got a pick and they drafted a guy. But well, yeah, they were God bless them with Magic coming out that year. They did get very fortunate, but Kobe leveraged his way there. Shaq, Kareem, Wilt all started somewhere else. LeBron basically. Yeah, LeBron. 
All right, we got more uh, stuff coming in. We got the question of the day. Uh, the Jazz, are they rolling? Are they beating up on lousy competition? Jeff says, hey, you got to take advantage of the crap teams and win against a few of the good ones. They're doing a, go- a good job against good teams. I don't think you can complain about that. I think where they are on the good teams, uh, they blew out Milwaukee, they blew out Portland, they beat the Clippers, they did lose to the Suns, but they got a good record against good teams. It's uh, the letdown games are the ones that sting. And, and that's what most of their losses are. Well, ha- you're going to have letdowns. It's natural human tendency, I guess, but still find a way to win, knowing that you're probably not going to win all of them. Uh, one guy just tweeted, he says, they lost to the Knicks and then beat Milwaukee. I'm not sure what to think about this Jazz team. I do think they should end up in the top four in the West. Okay, but then you I, are. But see, you and I both want to change that to top three. Don't be four. I do now. Don't be four. Be three. Put yourself on the other side of the bracket from the Lakers. Agreed. I, I want to see them. You're not going to dodge the Lakers forever. You're going to have to play them at some point. But I want to see how they match up with some of these other teams. I want to be playing, well, well, what if this team? Are they better than that team? You know, if you get to three, you'll probably still have a, first, a difficult first-round series because six in the West should be a it good will. team. It will. And then, then you presumably you get two. Maybe there's an upset, but probably you get two. I want to see how they match up against that team. I assume that team would be the Clippers. Uh, but, you know, let's get to the trade deadline and see which team gets gutted by injuries. Someone in the West is going to get gutted by injuries. We just don't know who right now. Uh, as long as it's them. Houston uh, has taken a hit. I, I guess I, I didn't know that was coming when we first started talking about it. it. It wasn't clear to me how upset Harden was. But now that we know, they're done. So they're out of the mix. I had them in a, as one of the good playoff teams, obviously. And that's, yep. That doesn't seem like that's going to happen now. They're, they're on to the next, the next uh, generation of the Rockets here. They're going to have to make their move and get on with it. All right, we've we got to make our move and get on with it because scouting hands are coming up next. Stay with us.